You've arrived. You've arrived to the Nipple Whiskers Podcast with your host, Bob Dog. He doesn't like you either. Come along as he explores the shadows of yesterday's failures in order to gain the knowledge required for a better tomorrow. The journey starts now. Let's go! What's happening, folks? What's happening, folks? Bob Dog checking in with you once again. Truly appreciate everybody tuning in. I wish I could uh, express it more in a physical form, but right now my words is all I can do because I ain't made it rich yet. I'm just letting y'all know. You know what I mean? Doing my own thing, definitely getting a business going and working on things, but that's my life episode. I'm going to get into that, especially with the kidnapping of the teenager that happened like five houses down from me. I'm pretty sure I saw the vehicle driving away because I remember the shitty exhaust, but that's been figured out. They found the the teen and that's all been interesting because I saw the videos and stuff and I'm like, hey, I know that block. You know what I mean? It's a, whoo, that's life. That's life. That's a whole nother one. UFC fight night. What a trip, man. There's some shit to discuss on this one. It's very interesting. This is going to be forever remembered as the nipple strike um, episode to me. This will be the, you know, fight card of the nipple strike. I will never forget this moment. I'm very curious what's going to be done going forward um it, it's interesting it's 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 it's, it's funny because i just had you know narco cop big shout out to him i don't even know why but on twitter he just actually liked one of my posts about this situation which is funny because it just popped up on my phone right in front of me this was ufc fight night that just passed us uh main event was rafael fazid versus Gamrot, um, that ended an injury. We'll talk about that one later. But the very first fight, I want to talk about the nipple strike. That was Tamirez Vidal versus Munston Rendon, I guess you would pronounce it. Rendon came in undefeated. It looked like Vidal, to me personally, at 7-2 and two, was going to win just based off power. She was 6-2, and 7-1 uh, and one at the time. She's 7-2 and two now. Rendon was 5-0. and oh. um, Rendon, very... Lacking power, but came in, just showed a well-rounded game, decent stamina, you know, didn't no standout at all, no highlight reel. You can look up the highlight tape, but I'm not sure if it exists. Five decisions. This was a decision, so six decisions now in her career. She came out, she won. She she demonstrated her talent. She outlasted Vidal, and that was beautiful. No comments about the fight. Um, in the sense of the fighters, big respect. Vidal came out throwing bangers throwing disastrous kicks, leg kicks, and just, you know, could have been destroying but did not keep up with them. She just had to keep up with those leg kicks. Ended up gassing herself out. Definitely gassed herself out. She won round one. Round two, the tide started turning, and at least a normal eye, round three, round two and round three were clearly Rendon because Vidal was just out of it, man. She was exhausted. That is the case to everybody except for Chris Lehman. We'll get into that one. Um, I want to talk about, more importantly, the nipple strike. The nipple strike was amazing. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Um, yeah, it was, it was very interesting, man. We have referee Kerry Hatley. He's standing there. He's in the fight, and I believe it was round two. Rendon threw a chest punch, and it ends up connecting with Vidal's breast, her left titty, we're just going to call it. So she punched her in her left titty, and Vidal called a timeout. She calls a timeout and holds her breast. The referee um, acknowledges the timeout and calls it and says, timeout. I'm not sure they didn't have a video a camera on the referee. I'm guessing he looked to a ringside referee for backup. They told him, nope, continue. 
So he turned right back around. Okay, hey, no timeout. Get back to fight. Go. So she got maybe a 7 to 10 second rest. If I had to guess, I could probably watch the cameras and get back to you, but not, not it's irrelevant. 7 to 10 second rest and uh, got back to fighting. The question is, because this doesn't happen very often, but as a man, I don't have too much to comment on it because we understand as men the destructive properties of the low blow. So we have banned that and outlawed that. I know what that feels like. I have no idea what getting punched in a actual boob or a vagina feels like. I don't even, we ain't even got to get into that whole discussion. I don't have one and I don't know what the hell it feels like. So if it feels the same as getting me getting punched in my chest, I guess it could hurt, but I don't have a boob like that. So I know when girls hit their boobs, like, ah, you know, it's a different level. So I don't know. Should this be an illegal strike? Is this a legal strike? He gave a timeout when he shouldn't have what should have been done in that situation. That's what Narco Cop and I were discussing. He said that it should have been a TKO, and I agree. The way that the rules are set currently, it does appear as a TKO, which would be a technical knockout because you cannot continue from a body shot because essentially that's just a shot to your upper body. So you failed to continue from a body shot. That should be a technical knockout and end of discussion you know what i mean but going forward is very interesting because what if it's a tactic of you know getting somebody on the ground almost into a crucifix position and just dropping elbows into their titty you know what i mean is that going to be a tactic that can be used or how's this going to go and is there actually maybe they pull a submission on it if the booby's big enough i don't know what the hell this can turn into get that shit in a booby lock a headlock i, I don't know man i seen nipple whiskers y'all still don't believe me so we seen some shit you know what i mean you never know what's going to happen so the nipple strike timeout, where is that going to go? Are chest shots going to be deemed legal going forward? How is that going to be handled if you do get punched in the titty? Is that a, that's essentially a body shot? So it's a TKO. You can't call a timeout from it. It was just very interesting to see how that all went down. I loved it. Personally, it all worked right into nipple whiskers, man. That's what it's all about. So Chris Lehman, it was his first fight as a judge, I believe, and... Uh, it's, it's questionable folks. He was the only judge to give the third round to Vidal. I can say that I definitely had a complete biasness in this fight where I wanted Vidal to win because all of my bets, I believe on DraftKings, had her winning. I literally thought she was going to win. No questions asked. Didn't even look at that fight twice. I just really thought she was going to win. I didn't think she was going to gas out like that. Monson Rat, all due respect. She continued with it and she, she earned it. You know, she earned the win and she trooped it. Lehman, he, Chris Lehman scored the round, third round for Vidal and caused a split decision. Now, um, we can, I, very questionable about that round. I think it's very clear that she did not win. It's very interesting that he scored that. And it brings up more questions than answers um, for me. I mean, we have a lot of pros and cons in this situation. I was looking at the pros of former fighters being judges, and the pros, I did write one down. It, it's... They know the sport and the little details better than most, you know, better than most of the people. And I think that's not going to be debatable. Um, they've spent more time in the gym than most of us will ever do. So I don't think debating the details of the grappling are mm, in even a consideration. Let's give it to them. You know, the former fighters, they got that. So that's definitely a pro. 
Um, as far as the general fighting and the judging thing, that can be taught. I think that's very, very teachable, especially when we're trying to judge and entertain the common fan, the casuals, we'll call them. Um, the cons. Now, this is where it, it was, you know, I'm still doing the scale. I can keep working. If you got more pros, let me know. But, I mean, besides knowing the fight game better, here, here's here's my cons. And these are some serious ones. Past conflicts. I say this because I trained my ass off for many years. I went to many different gyms. Um, I've witnessed many different gym beefs where people just beef. Maybe it's one another. This guy doesn't like that guy, but he trains at that gym. So he doesn't feel, you know, he feels a certain way about that gym in general because a certain person trains there. Um, this is human nature, folks. I'm not saying anything that's not true. You know, somebody can be going to a high school that you, hey, I didn't like this fool into that high school too. So automatically kind of have something about, you hear that high school, you say, hey, I don't know, man. It reminds me of that fool. You know, and it's, that's human nature, I believe. My personal opinion. These are not facts, I guess, but my personal opinion. There are past conflicts and uh, past opponents even. And now maybe you got a judge there, Chris Lehman, for example, and the other guy's trainer is Anderson Silva. Now, let's just say hypothetically, it can go many different ways, but this is a well-known public one, so we would all know this. However, there's going to be many fighters that aren't as well-known, and these are going to be things that we may not even notice. And now, when these come to fight, title fights, I think this should definitely be reviewed, looked into, and you're not going to want to have fighters with previous conflicts and previous opponents, and now they're judging that guy, but that guy beat him by a controversial decision. Like... That gets very, very sketchy, man. Is he trying to get one back on him? You know, does he have a past conflict with the gym that we don't know about? I can tell you a personal one. Me, my little brother, and a buddy of mine were on our way to the police station in Pomona to go retrieve some of my possessions that were taken away when I was incarcerated. And on the way over there in my little Honda, I had a truck just right in my tail, man. I'm in the slow lane. I'm in the slow lane. We're drinking, mind you. We, we sipping and cruising. We're pulling on Adesanya. Hey, get out of here. Get out of here. I was a youngster, man. I was 18, 19 years old. I wasn't even 21 yet for sure because I still have my little Honda. But the truck right in my ass in the slow lane. I'm like, what the fuck is he doing, man? So eventually I brake checked. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? Brake checked. He squeals out, pulls off into the shoulder. He's like right in my ass, right? Eventually he pulls in the lane next to me. He pulls up next to me. I'm like, get off. You know, let's get off the freeway. And so he starts to get off the freeway. I remember team execution on the back of his truck. This is the whole point of it. I remember team execution on that little window in the middle of his truck. I'm like, yeah, what's up? He trains too. I'm like me, and my brother, we all train. We, we, we gymmed out. Let's go. Like it's about to go down. So we start exiting the freeway. We about to get down. I don't know who's all in the truck. It's tinted windows, but let, let's go. You got a big ass truck. I know you got money. We're in a little Honda. Let's go Honda gang. You know what I mean? Still banging Honda gang. So, Start getting off the freeway. Well, it just so happened to be an accident at the bottom of the freeway. What does a truck do? The truck pulls over to talk to a cop. So now I'm looking at a girl cop. She's looking at me as this cop is saying something to her. So I just peel out, boop, dip out. You know what I mean? We're in the little Honda drinking. We got a dip now. So I hit a couple, you know, hit a couple turns, pulled up into a Denny's parking lot. We chilled, went in, ate at Denny's, came out, took off on our merry-go-way. But... If I was a judge now, and there's some team execution fighter over here, and I'm like, boom, automatic, you know, you minus one point in my book. You know what I mean? Like, automatic. But that's just human nature, and we'll never even know about these. Some of these things aren't documented. You know what I mean? These could be things that are just personal little things. Hey, his girl slept with the guy from that gym, and or that trainer slept with his ex-girl or some shit. You know what I mean? Something so petty these dudes be taking in. 
especially when it comes to I think a lot of fighters this is why I don't like them as commentators so much there's a lot of ego driven ones and I spent plenty of time in the gym there are good people and bad people in the gym there are a lot more bad people than good people probably you know there's a and I think that just in life in general there are some great people in the gym but Oh, man, there's some dirty-ass people in the gym, too. And when it comes to hygiene or just the way that they practice things, and there there are a lot there are a lot of great people in the gym, too. So I don't know if the percentage is more bad than good. It depends on what gym you're going to and what area. I can definitely say that. And how they view you as an outsider. If you're respected by them, they treat you one way. But if you're coming in viewed another way, that's just the gyms, man. That's how it's always been. You know what I mean? That's how it's always been. That's how it's going to be. That's just the way that it goes. It's gym beefs. You know, this gym, this gym don't like that gym. They haven't liked each other for X amount of time. And that fighter that's now the judge is from that gym, always fought there. And now this fighter's from that gym and automatically they don't like each other. So that's all got to be considered. I mean, whether it's going to be used or not, I mean, I just think it should definitely be considered. Um, And another concern that I have that I wrote down is just, an older perspective on an evolving sport. What I mean by that is a lot of these former fighters, so let's just say Lehman, for example. I should have checked, but I, I he had to be, what, 15 years ago? The sport from when he was in the game fighting Anderson Silva has come so far. I mean, so far. What they were doing back then is not even relevant today. And I mean that in the best way. I'm watching the women's MMA do it right now and it's evolving. It's trying to, you know, it's catching, it's catching steam. And just for those that watched the first UFCs 30 years ago, it was one hell of a difference from these geed guys coming in. And it was, it was just a different game man. there was no comparison on this stuff. So I think that that older perspective could definitely play into it. And that's another biasness that might play in Lehman, for example, he's always liked striking. So the other girl, if she's over here wrestling, well, he's always preferred striking. We always know he's always been a striking. So is he going to give it to Vidal because she's the striker while the other one's wrestling? I could definitely see that type of biasness going into it because he wants to see striking. You know, and he focuses on the striking. And he, you know, is complete. I mean, this is all justified questioning, especially when it comes into title fights and things. It's, it's all justified, but I understand trying to get the – former fighters employment and all that. I totally get it. My only question is a lot of these guys are past their prime. You know, a lot of these guys, and that's when we start coming in. I know a serious conversation that people always want to have, except for right now is CTE. I mean, it began with being punch drunk, right? And boxing. So this is a real thing that happens from being knocked the hell out. And Chris Lehman, for example, this dude's been boom bopped. I mean, you talk about knocked out this fool. You look at his picture, you're like, God damn, this fool's been hit in the head a lot of times. Like, just look at a picture of his head, look like it's still swollen. I mean this in the most respectful way. If we're ever going to have conversations about mental health and all that stuff, we got to go back to CTE. We're watching it with the NFL. I think that's why the NFL will be shut down eventually. But if there is any type of CTE and it's occurring from these knockouts, you're going to have the most knocked out fighters that there are doing these judgings. Like it would explain how some of these judging, like the, the uh, Valentina Shevchenko 10, eight round at the end, that dude may have CT. I mean, you could explain it to me and tell me, Oh, he had CT. Like, oh, that explains it. You know? So it's, it's all questionable things that'll definitely come into play in the future. I always try to look for, look 
into things that will pop up or may pop up. That's part of being a safety guy. You're always trying to be ahead of it. And when I saw that score, he only did two fights. The other one was questionable. I wanted to research it, but I didn't get into that. Um, I actually wanted to watch the Vidal versus Rendon fight to watch that third round to see if I really wanted to drill his ass. Um, They didn't even have it on UFC Pass. That's how every other fight from that event is on there, but that fight was just so lame that it didn't even make it. Um, I hate to put it that way. If it was any good, I'm sure that they'd have it on there. Split decision, all due to Mr. Chris Lehman, and that's very... We're going to have to look into it, folks. It's going to come into some shit when you have a title fight and you're like, hey, that fool's trainer used to fight with that. You know, he that fool's trainer beat that judge's ass. That judge is probably going to go against him. And then when those interviews start coming up, it's going to be like that Mexican Independence Day controversy all over again. But these are real shit, man. This is like really going to happen and somebody's going to have to answer for it. Oh, this next one, man, I hope that there's a fight before this one because I don't know. Oh, there is a fight. Okay, cool. There's two fights in between. So let's go. Mizuki Anoni versus Hannah Goldie. Hey, Hannah Goldie, man. Only fans. Check her out. Subscribe. Do whatever the hell they do on those things. I don't really know, but she held it down, man. I need to give respect where respect is due. I thought she was going to get her ass beat. Uh, Mizuki, three years off, came back. I guess she was a little rusty. She kept getting caught up in the clinch and just couldn't get that space. We can call it rust, but she also has had that same complication or uh, difficulty in the past. So Goldie did well. Uh, She went out there, fought her ass off, lost a decision, but it was a close one. Hannah Goldie, shout out. Mizuki, um, decent, you know, display of skill. Definitely was under muscled and undersized with power but she held her own you know we fight at weight classes for this reason so i'm not gonna say she was completely outmatched but build wise she was definitely the smaller person did decent in the grappling but definitely room for improvements especially i think she kept moving back a lot if i remember correctly gotta hit those side steps um the next fight for example muhammad usman versus jake collier Muhammad Usman was doing some beautiful sidesteps and hitting Collier. Uh, Jake Collier, man, he, he's one hell of a fighter. He came out banging. He was he was winning the fight up until an eye poke that caught him in his right eye. It was totally an accident. Usman was, you know, over there, had his fingers out, definitely did, went about a knuckle deep, I would say, on his ring finger into Jake's eye. That's never going to feel good. I got poked in my eye by my daughter twice yesterday, and I was sitting there eye-watering like a little baby, and I just got hit by a stuffed animal. It was actually a Sonic and with the little spikes on it, and the spike got me, and it fucking hurt, man. So I could only imagine what Jake was going through, and the fight changed from there. Usman got you know a breather and just got to recollect himself for, I think there was almost five minutes break. When it got back to the fight, I mean, Jake was, he was there. He was still fighting. He's a fighter. He's a warrior, a big dog. He definitely could have said, nope, can't continue. He could have pulled, you know, we've seen that happen before, especially in the next fight with the headshots, but we'll get to that one. Jake, big shout out, big respect, man. Love everything that he did. Muhammad Usman comes out. Man, that fucking guy is a tank. He went out there throwing hands, nice jab. They had a nice fight. It actually went to decision. That doesn't happen very often with heavyweights, and it was mostly stand-up. They were landing big shots. Usman was hurt in that first round. He was stumbled. It was it was a good fight, man. If y'all didn't watch it, y'all got to go back, review that one. Muhammad Usman, the younger brother of Kamaru Usman, or the older brother of Kamaru Usman. I'm not really sure, whatever. But the brother of Kamaru Usman, and great fight, great fight. 
Next fight, man, this one breaks my fucking heart, man. This one does break my heart. Oh, I got rid of my bogus one. I'd give it to him, but Jacob Malkoon, the rest of the very dominant wrestler, fought Cody Gumber, uh, Brundage. Seven and two, Cal, uh, Malkoon went in against, what was he, eight and five, Brundage. Brundage, to start the fight, was getting dominated, just complete domination. Round one, 415 disqualification for Jake and Malkoon. Complete domination. Had Cody from the get-go, brought him down to the ground, was just beating on him for four minutes straight. Ended up landing a shot to the back of the head. It was not a hard shot. Um, I do want to say, before I even go any further, you know, I am going to say, Cody Brundage, you quit, man. You quit. And I do say this with my full-blown heart, and I do understand the consequences of the back of the head shot. With that being said, I want to give my full-blown heart and respect to Picard Colon, who fought Terrell Williams. Um, and if you rewatch that fight, it was horrible what happened. He ended up paralyzed. Is tragic. Um, definitely back of the head blows from boxing gloves. Nothing. I mean, a forearm is harder than any boxing glove, so I do give him that. I do want to, you know, say I hope Cody Brundage is okay. He looked okay. I'm pretty sure he's okay. We would have heard if he had some type of traumatic injury, but he was getting his ass whooped, man. He was getting his ass whooped, man. Cody Brundage was getting his ass whooped. That one shot landed. Referee called it a break apart. Get over in your quarter. Brundage stayed on the floor. Referee went, checked the video, came back, talked to Brundage after, I don't know how long, five minutes almost. And basically asked him, can you continue? Brundage rubbed the back of his head. Nope. He just said like, nah, straight up. Nah, but that's exactly the way he said. I washed his lips. Nah, just like that. And it's like, maybe, maybe, maybe he was really hurt, but you just got your ass whooped for four minutes. Boy, I'm going to be honest and say it looked more like he quit. And I do say that, but safety first, man, I'm the safety coordinator. So I do understand safety. I think that what they did was, it's correct, man. It's correct. But I'm not going to give you the fucking respect, man. That shit, you don't deserve it, bro. You were getting your ass whooped, and I don't think that you wanted to continue on that fight. Um, with that being said, man, you start looking at that Picard Colon situation. He is so lucky that his corner started unwrapping his gloves at the end of the ninth round instead of the tenth one because he would have took one more round of abuse. His corner said that they did. they thought it was the end of the fight. Um, it ended in a disqualification. He ended up losing you know, use of his extremities and just vomiting. And it's a whole horrible story. So those that don't know about it and why the back of the head is illegal, go, I mean, you can YouTube Picard Colin. It, it, it's sad, man. It's really sad. And it's just, I wish him the best. I watched my brother go into a coma and I don't wish that upon anybody. And we never knew what was going to happen to him when he woke up and he woke up just being a baby again. I mean, even my 21-year-old brother I had to wipe his ass. I had to change his diapers. You know, my sister did most of that too. Big shout-out to my sister. But interesting days. I, mean, I definitely understand the, the side effects of brain injuries, and I don't wish it upon any. That's the biggest concern. I was a safety coordinator just for safety issues, so that does go out. But Brundage, man, you quit, man. You quit. I'm going to be the one to say it, man. Definitely fucking quit. I saw a lot of Twitter comments like, this is bullshit, and... You come out and admit it, man, but I, I, I'm pretty sure nobody's going to want to watch you fight again, especially in the UFC. Let's see if he gets removed. Um, if he didn't, hey, man, I completely apologize. But my belief at this point, I don't believe much, man. I believe he quit like a motherfucker. But 
I watched some other shit. I forget the Twitter guy's name, Ben something. And that fool got knocked on his ass and was laughing during a 10 count and then didn't get up. And I'm like, how the fuck do you laugh and don't get up during a 10 count? Like, that's a decision. It's not that you didn't, you couldn't get up. You didn't, you chose not to get up. And there's big differences, big differences, especially to, to, to fighters. And, uh, for the, I, I say that as somebody who dreamed of fighting, but after I broke my back when I was around 15, 16 years old, I could not pass the sports physical anymore. I remember going for my last year of uh, Pop Warner football and the guy, just the doctor, just being like, man, you can't can't do this no more, man. Like, we're, I'm going to pass you this year and, you know, be very, very careful. But he's like, you're not going to pass next year, man. You're spine. And it's just like, I, I, I get it, man. I get it. So I had big dreams. I wish that I could fight till the day. I have to do it outside now. You know what I mean? And it's like, just can't pass those sports physical, man. Um, that's why I say that because I wish, man. I wish I could go out there and die my fucking shield. My fucking shield. Uh, I did martial arts since I was like five years old. I've been in karate tournaments and all that shit growing up and then jumped over to mixed martial arts when it began mixing and going that whole route. Unbreakable Jim, Brian Warren, all those guys. I also trained, you know, I got 777 across my chest, man, because I was training with them. And I love life, man. I love life. That's all I can say about that one. As I was moving state to state, it was awesome, too, because as I was out in Nevada, you just hole in the wall little spots and a little jujitsu gym and it's like let me pop in there you know what i mean you don't know no names in that motherfucker let me just pop in see what's on beer for six months let me get to training down in texas same thing let me pop in the gym real quick um it's hard man after you work on the oil field all day though it's hard to go out there and give the 12 hours of work and then go put that work in boy because i ain't on nothing so i'm just gas man drinking my monsters and shit sugar-free so Next, man, next, man, Jacob Malkoon. Hey, man, you deserve that win. You dominated a beautiful wrestling. I don't like the style personally, but, hey, man, you're fucking dominant. That's a scary guy going forward. Bryce Mitchell's Bible stunt. Oh, man, this shit. Hold on, hold on. I got more fights before that. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm jumping ahead. All right, Tim Means versus Andre Fialo. That was that was one hell of a war, man. Round three, KO. Tim Means keeping it going, man. The old man's still pushing. I forget how old he is, 40-something, but 33-15-1 now with one no contest. He's been fighting, I think, 25 fights or some shit in the UFC. He's been fighting forever, man, 2004 type shit. Um, Andre Fialo, unfortunate. You know, he went out there. He throws bangers. He throws all the power. He was definitely throwing some heat, but Tim Means is just using that length that – uh pressure and you just put it on him man it was it was a beautiful display i took fialo i didn't think means was gonna get out that fialo was gonna knock him out but means is just a fucking zombie man he takes the blows and just keeps going next fight was definitely one of my underdog picks i really 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 like this one this was dan argueta versus miles johns uh miles johns he, he was fucking kicking ass it was a beautiful one uh dan argueta he i believe ultimate fighter if i remember correctly because i remember he looks real familiar wrestler he just constant pressure went out there to wrestle miles i think he took him down two maybe three times but miles always typically found a way to get back up and, and minimize damage and he was just applying it on the hands man he was putting he was putting it on him uh dan couldn't dan was kept applying pressure man he kept eating those shots he, he just walking forward and eating it so miles wasn't he couldn't knock him out man dan's a tough guy i don't know if he's ever been finished but Miles couldn't do it, and Miles finishes everybody. So that was a beautiful fight. I did hit on that underdog pick, so I do got to be happy for that one. It was beautiful. Next fight, this one I missed on hard. Ricardo Ramos versus Charles Charles Jordan. 
Um, Charles Jordan was coming off those two losses, and then he beat one of the Gracies recently, and that was trash because that Gracie would look like he was from the 1990s where you only lay on your back and chase the guy like crab crawling trying to get your jujitsu on. That shit don't fly nowadays. Charles J- J- Jordan came out there. He was striking with uh, Ramos for a little bit. Ramos went to, you know, go for the takedown. Jordan, I think he had to have four different guillotine attempts. Just kept trying, kept trying. You knew what he was going for. He kept going for it, kept going for it. Ramos knew. He was defending it, defending it. And next thing you know, fucking Jordan got him. Boom. Caught him in that guillotine. Game over. That sucked. I definitely bet a lot of my cards on Ramos. I thought that he was definitely going to win. I thought he had a bright future, but he continues to be inconsistent. That's his biggest drawback. He is a great striker, but he's just inconsistency shows up over and over. The opposite of that, Mr. Brian Battle. That shit was beautiful, man. That shit was beautiful against AJ Fletcher. AJ Fletcher won hell of a fight. He definitely gave a dope ass elbow in the first round. Thought he was gonna win. I did have him as an underguard, uh, underdog pick on one of my cards. Didn't come through, but he fought his ass off. AJ Fletcher with the shortest reach of the division, and Brian Battles up there with one of the longest. AJ Fletcher came in, I believe, on a shorter notice and. Worked his ass off, man. Nothing but respect for A.J. Fletcher, man. Give it up to him. Give it up to him. But Brian Battle, man, that was beautiful. He definitely was out there just applying it, putting hands on him. Around two, he got a submission, a rear naked choke with four minutes and 32 into the round two. Congratulations, Brian Battle. What's going forward for you is nothing but beautiful shine, man. Beautiful shine. Super excited to see where he goes. Next fight cost me quite a bit. I thought Michelle Watterson was going to pull off this upset against Marina Rodriguez. I did take Rodriguez on a couple cards just because I I know she had won the previous one, and most of the time people don't do good in rematches. But that was the opposite of this one. Michelle Watterson got her ass whooped uh, the first round. Fight definitely could have been stopped. Rodriguez was giving her the business, broke her nose, was just pounding her ass. Uh, Michelle kept with it. You know, she definitely has some dog in her, but... End of the day, Rodriguez just dominated. Round two, took her down. Referee stopped it. TKO. It's amazing to see what the ref was willing to let Michelle endure damage-wise at the beginning of fight. And then round two, he just called that shit so quick. As soon as they hit the ground, he said, nah, nah, I've seen enough. So no complaints. I definitely just thought it was interesting how it went. I was very thankful that he kept the round and kept the fight going the first round. So I'm not going to bitch about the round two, one plus. Even if you bitch, it ain't gonna change nothing. So just save your breath. Here's the co-main man. This is the this is the one that been a, a Twitter sensation. It was Bryce Mitchell brought his little Bible into the ring against Dan Ige, while Mr. Buffer, I believe it was, doing the introductions. You have Bryce Mitchell standing in the middle of the ring, yelling "Freedom" as he's holding up the Bible. This dude is uh he's on another one, man. Like I said, I'm. I'm Mental health, man. I've been to a lot of mental institutes. I've been to a lot of places, and I do think this dude would be fitting in with most of them. He's definitely a huge Bible thumper. Great, great wrestler. Great wrestler. Uh, he showed his ability to stand up. Him and Dan Ige definitely went, you know, three rounds. Dan Ige gave him a good fight, good solid fight. Um, I thought Ige did amazing. Uh, you know, clap up both of them, man. Ige, I believe, is a Christian himself, so... He didn't really have too much of an issue with it, I don't believe, but you can see that he wanted no parts of the shenanigans before or after the fight. He was there. It felt like he wanted out of the ring like a Southwest commercial, want to get away. But 
Bryce is in there trying to make him pray going off. Um, not sure if he's a flat earther, but he, he has some very weird beliefs in aliens and people amongst us and the, the wildfires in Hawaii being started and man-made or devil made, whoever the hell he's talking about, man. That Bible shit, man, that cannot continue. Um, I do personally believe that Dana White will put a stop to that. Otherwise, you're going to have a whole lot of Korans coming in here. You're going to have the Bhagavad You're going to have so many religious books. And like, think, oh, where are we going to draw the line? They can't bring in flags, but they can bring in books. And you, you can't bring your belt in, but you can bring in a book. And we'll, we'll, I mean, what are we doing here? So my personal opinion was Dana White and the UFC had not seen that before. They're going to say this shit is never going to happen again. And that's going to stop right where it is, my personal opinion. And I told somebody on Twitter, hey, man, if he does do it again, just DM me. I'll send you some money personally because I'll put my money where my tweets are. And I was like, wait, are these considered tweets anymore? Or are these X's? Because I can't be like, man, you know what I mean? I, you got to be careful. You start calling them X's and who you're around. Cause like, man, my X's are blowing up or something like that. You know what I mean? And it's like, what the hell are you talking about? My ex is blowing in. You start a whole nother conversation. So that's a, that's a whole nother one, man. I jump into that. But Bryce Mitchell, hey, I, I have no problem with it. Those that know, I got Jesus tattooed on my chest. You know what I mean? I got nothing. Not that I'm a big believer in this point in my life. I definitely saw enough to say, huh, let me, let me, let me question some things, man. Noah's Ark. You know what I mean? Everything was on there. Well, where the hell are all the kangaroos between Australia and and where the ark crashed, somewhere in the Middle East, right? So where the hell are all of these fossils of kangaroos somewhere over time, you would think? But that's a whole other thing, man. We could get into that. I would love to debate that. That's what I do typically on these episodes. But this is a UFC one. So very interesting. I think Dana White's going to put a stop to that. I think he needs to put a stop to that. Otherwise, you're going to have a fucking war going in, a, a literally religious war occurring in the middle of the fucking ring, especially with you have uh, – Hazma already saying shit to the Jews and saying shit about getting out of Palestine and all that conflict. And it's a, it's a slippery slope that I'm sure the UFC wants to avoid, will avoid, and we will not see that again. So enjoy it while you can, folks. Main event, this is a beautiful one. Great main event. Um, I thought it set up well at least through the first two rounds and two minutes. Rafael Fazee versus uh, Matiz Gamrat. Gamrock came out, man, just throwing. I mean, he came out throwing. He, he threw some right hands. He was standing with them. He was doing well. Um, he had a couple grappling exchanges. I thought Fazid did well on staying up, and, you know, his takedown defense was doing awesome. Amazing flexibility. There, were, I think, were two times where Gamrock had him flex like a pretzel. He had his leg bent all the way towards the sky, and Fazee's still just going backwards and staying on one foot, and it was beautiful, but I was wondering if maybe an injury had occurred to the groin area or something. I was like, man, all that stretching, when you're getting pushed up like that, the adrenaline, like you could definitely stretch something, you know? I thought maybe a groin or something. So as the fight continues, it's it's a great fight. They're standing up. They're banging. Uh, Fazee's throwing it. He's known for his kicks, so he's just throwing these monstrous kicks. And at one point, he throws a right kick to the body, and his pivot foot, or pivot knee just gave way. You see in his left leg, when you pivot, it's just all that torque just goes right under the knee. The knee just buckled, popped. Um, he collapsed to the ground. Gamrock got on top and just started striking on the referee, called the fight immediately. Injury, he's out, goes down for a win for Gamrock. Well-deserved. It's not your fault that his knee popped. You know, it takes nothing away from him. He definitely deserves to move up to the ranking number five, which Fazid have. Fazid will jump down to number six. Um, we wish Fazid a speedy recovery. 
But, I mean, it is what it is, especially that looks more like a ligament. Like, I don't know if it was muscles and tendon, more like the Jalen Turner with his hip, or who knows what it was, but I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I know, but it typically in football and stuff, that's a, that's a good almost year injury. So be some time before we see him. Hopefully the ranking doesn't get caught up for too long. He will slip eventually, but my heart goes out to him, man. Hopefully we can see that rematch in the future. It doesn't have to be next fight, but in the future I would love to see that finish play out. So wrap it up, man. This is the Nipple Strikes uh episode we love it we love it there's no ufc this week that sucks man truly sucks i'm always excited to it's been almost every weekend man and super taking advantage of it but with the ufcs that are coming up i got no complaints these cards are coming stacked i think what do we got next we got dawson versus green this card and not too you know nobody nobody real crazy uh Drew Dober's on there coming back. We got Ian Cutaloba or whatever, Cutaluba, Cutaloba, whatever the hell you pronounce that last name. He was on a on a tear for a while. He's been going downhill. Uh, Joaquin Buckley versus Alex Morano. That's one hell of a fight. One hell of a fight. Um, Morano, he's the real deal. He comes out and he's the real deal. Joaquin Buckley, if you have never seen him fight, um, you need to see. He, he's a specimen of his own. Uh, a couple women's fights. Yeah, n- nothing too crazy next next fight. So, with that being said, folks, I do want to just wrap it up there. Oh, we got that one. After UFC Dawson and Green, we do finally have, uh, oh, Yusuf versus Barbosa. That one will go across. Oh, we still got a couple weeks then until UFC 294. So, UFC 294 is Islam versus Charles. Super excited. We got plenty of time till that one. So we're going to wrap up this episode. Love and appreciate each one of y'all. Check out the uh, Twitter. I'm definitely going to have some video content dropping more in detail about these nipple strikes. And the referee part, definitely going to be dropping some more content. Working on that. Working on opening my powder coating company. And I've got the um, sandblasting. That just finished my first part out there. Definitely Probably powder coat maybe tonight or tomorrow. We'll see. I got the oven. I got a oven and some things set up so I can definitely begin and get to cracking on that. And, uh, yeah. So, love, appreciate each and every one of y'all. Dana White, Sean Shelby, the whole UFC team, thank you for everything that y'all do, man. Y'all give us just something to talk about. Great entertainment on Saturdays. If you have ESPN+, Plus, it's pretty much free, all these fight nights. And, um the pay-per-views are fucking worth it most of the time. And these things are bangers. Big shout out to UFC strike. They also rewarded me with the last, uh, pay-per-view code. So I could actually watch the last pay-per-view for those who don't know. I had a layoff recently and all my money's been investing into this business. So I've not, I was not going to buy the pay-per-view. I was just not going to get it. And that was a Sean Strickland one. I got to witness that piece of history all thanks to UFC strike. So once again, my heart goes out to them and, each and every one of y'all. So, y'all ever want to jump on here and talk UFC, feel free to reach out for me. We can always debate, go back and forth. I love talking shit. And uh, I be killing bitch-ass Bilal Muhammad, man. I, he can't wait for Kobe for Colby to mount his face. Hey, I'm out of here, man. Love, appreciate each and every one of y'all. And I'm out. The time has come. You've been listening to the Nipple Whiskers Podcast. With your host, Bob Dog. He doesn't like you either. 
Follow us on social media, subscribe on YouTube, and visit nipplewhiskerspodcast.com for exclusive offers and information on upcoming episodes. This podcast will now self-destruct in three, two, one...